Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Roy Green isn't afraid to poke the bear. The bigger the bear, the bigger the poke. This is The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. George sends an email to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com. Roy, it would be the PMO staff, along with the security services who would be tasked with vetting any and all visitors that would be able to get anywhere close to the prime minister. I know that. The prime minister, in most cases, does not request audiences. Well, I'm just guessing the RCMP and uh, other security forces didn't go to Mr. Trudeau and say, you know, I think it'd be a great idea if you had a visit with Joshua Boyle. We're investigating him for potential criminal activity, but we think it'd be a great idea for you to visit with him. But here's what I found really interesting. We'll go back to your calls in a second. There's a tweet here, and I really, you know, I don't want to talk about this man all the time, but there are things that we just cannot ignore, and just the the fact that the families of these, these two Canadian families have been deemed to be insufficiently important for the prime minister of this country to speak with when he meets with Joshua Boyle, who is married to Omar Khadr's sister. I find that very disturbing, these two Canadian families who suffered such a terrible, terrible loss. Imagine if it was your family. Wouldn't you want the leader of the country to do at least for you what he's willing to do for others, like ISIS members. But here's a tweet I want to read to you, and then I'll go right back to your calls. Thanks to at George Soros, thanks to at George Soros for sharing your insights on the global economic outlook and climate change, Davos 2016 World Economic Forum. I don't have to tell you who tweeted that. Thank you, George Soros. George Soros would be one of the first people who would stand up and applaud the idea that Canada should be a post-national state. I don't have to tell you who said that, do I? The Ridsdale family and the whole family deserve better. Big deal, no big deal. Denise in Calgary on the Roy Green Show on Global News Radio. Hi, Denise. Hi, how are you? I'm all right. How are you? I love your show. I totally agree with the last two callers. This is very disturbing what uh, the Prime Minister is doing. 
Um, like I say, I, I, every day uh, there's something different. Like I say, he is uh, he does nothing for the Canadians, and now the return he wants to return ISIS. Like, what is wrong with this? This is all very disturbing. And the most fundamental question we must ask is why. That's what we want to know. Why? It's very scary. Why? Why is he doing this? I why does know. he? Why? Do, why does he believe the way he believes? He will not have that conversation with us. I know. He got yeah. into a debate. Andrew Shear, the leader of the Conservative Party of Canada, who's more impressive to me now than he's been for a while, mm-hmm. Mr. Shear took on Mr. Trudeau in Parliament and challenged him on the issue of the returning ISIS members, mm-hmm. and Trudeau accused Mr. Shear of just revisiting the old Conservative policies. Let's listen to that. Questions orales, oral questions, the Honourable Leader of the Opposition. Speaker, ISIS terrorists are criminals who fought against our country, but they are now being welcomed back to Canada by the Prime Minister with the promise of reintegration services to help them. Now, Canadians are shocked and alarmed that their government is not taking any steps to protect them. This is the number one job of any government. So will the Prime Minister stand today and tell us exactly how many ISIS fighters have returned to Canada and how many of those are currently in jail or under government surveillance? Right Honourable Prime Minister. Speaker. One of the top priorities of any government uh, is to ensure the safety and security of Canadians, and we ensure that every day. Our national security agencies are combating the phenomenon of Canadians participating in terrorist activities overseas. We use a number of tools to address the threat posed by these individuals, including the Passenger Protect program, cancelling, revoking or refusing passports, and laying criminal charges. Our national security agencies are carefully monitoring these individuals, and our law enforcement agencies do the difficult work of collecting evidence required for convictions in Canadian courts. So the the question was, how many are in jail and how many are under surveillance? And the answer was, whatever that was. Thank you to Denise in Calgary. Andrew's in Toronto calling the Roy Green Show on Global News Radio. Andrew, go ahead. Hi, Roy. How are you? Good, sir. How are you doing? Good, thank you. Uh, Happy New Year. And to you. Thank you. Um, I was saying to your screener that I think in some ways it's a continuation of his father's policies whereby he uh, fancied himself, Pierre Trudeau, as well as his son, like Mao and Castro, people like that, they fancy themselves as uh, revolutionaries, and they claim to champion the little guy against uh, the nationalistic forces of uh, certain groups. Now, in the case of Canada, they brought in uh, lots of different cultural people from different cultures to create a base of support, and it's against He's kind of pitting these people against the imperialist-type powers of Britain, the States, Canada, etc. And um, he's he's just, I, I think he's kind of a pathological liar. Well, let me go back to what you said at the beginning, the, the association or the, or the connection with, the emotional connection with, uh, with, with Castro. Clearly that's there, because well, all we have to do is remember the eulogy that Mr. Trudeau presented on behalf of the people of Canada on the death of a murderous dictator. And it was only when the whole country and essentially the global community said, what? Yeah. That he backed off. And then he was he did not attend the funeral of Mr. Castro because he knew 
that would be political suicide. Andrew, thank you for the call. In uh, Toronto, here's Peter, who's calling us from Montreal. Peter, hi. Thank you. Go ahead, please. Hi, Roy. Thanks a lot. I'll, I'll be very quick here. You know, I look, I'm afraid Trudeau is going to get elected in the next election because people tend to be brain dead. The media is on his side. I'm in Montreal. I live in Quebec. Uh, I, th- I see what's happening in Europe with the demographic, uh, the Islamification of it. Long story short, I want to say I never thought I'd say this, Roy. I'm so glad to live in Quebec. We have a strong separatist mentality here. The people don't need their government to tell them they're nice, they're tolerant, they're the best people in the world. Quebecers don't need that. Quebecers have a strong sense of who they are and their values, rightly or wrongly, and I'm against the language laws, but I'll tell you, Quebec has the notwithstanding clause. We can override any Canadian law. So if Trudeau starts messing around, that's it. Quebecers are going to mobilize, and they'll say, enough of that stuff. Not only that, if push comes to shove, I see separation in the future. So, Roy, I'm astonished you originally were <clears throat> from Montreal, I think. Yeah, yeah no, I just, I just lived in Quebec for 10 years. Oh, okay. Well, then, you know, you obviously know the pace, you know the public. I do. And, you know... Uh, so let me ask you a question, Peter, really quickly. Do you consider yeah, no. yourself, primarily, would you consider yourself a Canadian or a Quebecer? Oh, I'm a Canadian first. I'm, I'm uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, a, what, a, uh, a personal liberal, a fiscal conservative. Yeah. But I'm a Canadian first, always have been. I've but you can, you can, you can, you can, you can, against the language Peter, laws in Quebec. Peter, you can buttonhole quite a number of Anglophones in Quebec and you can ask them that question and they'll reply by saying they're Quebecers first. I don't find that's true with Anglophones. We do have a lot of obsequious, fawning people who are, well, those are the liberals. Well, no, I've run into them. I ran into them and they've quite surprised me. Well, you should run away from them. Well, I did. I'm back in Ontario. Well, I don't blame you. Make room for me, Roy, because I might be, uh, you know, coming down. But then it depends. If, if yeah, we yeah. get a conservative government in there next time, that'll put a stop to this. Yeah. Uh, so fine. you do. Look, look, to, just to wrap it up, do you believe then that Justin Trudeau, the, the, in the, the direction that he's going, and he was elected in a largely blue-collar riding in the city of Montreal, which was PQ or BQ before Trudeau, do you believe that he... he he's moving or shoving Quebec to start thinking about the old separation question again. I don't think he is. I think he's a globalist, number one. I think yeah. loyalty is to the George Soroses. Yeah, it is. A globalist gang it that is. wants to turn Canada the post-national state. Well, thank you for the call, Peter, from Montreal. Later on in the program, Tom Quiggin and his book submission. You will not want to miss that. When we come back, how much money, how much money was directed at defeating Stephen Harper in 2015 from outside our Canadian borders. All this talk about the Russians involving themselves in the American election, well, how much foreign, how much American money was pushed into this country to defeat Harper in 2015? Senator Bob Runciman joins us after this.